Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. If you haven't already, make a resolution this year to exercise with your children. The benefits are long-lasting. That's according to our guests for this episode, Dr. Tammy Camp and Dr. Susanna Jensen. Dr. Camp is a pediatrician and pediatrics residency director. Dr. Jensen is a pediatric resident and a former student athlete. They both explain how you can incorporate physical activity with your children, regardless of the kiddos or your age, injury or disability. Welcome to our podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do here at the Health Sciences Center. Dr. Camp? Well, I am a general pediatrician here at the Health Sciences Center and have been practicing for over 25 years. And I also am the residency program director for the pediatric residents. So I also get to do a little bit of training and teaching people how to be pediatricians. Hi, my name is Susanna Jensen. I'm a first-year pediatric resident and one of the trainees of Dr. Camp. I wouldn't say I'm an expert yet, but I am a previous collegiate-level bowler. And so I would say I'm an expert in that and having athletics at a young age and trying to have people incorporate it into their own lives. Again, welcome to our podcast. Most of us have started our New Year's resolutions, and some might say they might want to be more active. But the average parent would probably say their time is stretched too thin for additional activities. Why is it important for parents to incorporate physical activities with their children? Wow, I would say that probably the biggest reason that I would want parents to incorporate physical activity with their children is that children are going to practice what they see their parents doing. And so if parents are not being physically active, or if they're being physically active, but their kids never see it, then their kids don't ever have the motivation or the understanding that that's an important part of life. And I would also add that it's a really great chance to bond between parent and child or even just the physical activity with whoever you participate. Um, It's a great chance to have fun and also stay active. How early should they start including their children with their own physical activities? I just had the opportunity to spend time with Dr. Jensen in the newborn nursery. And I know it's kind of silly, but we actually start to talk to parents about physical activity with their kids, even in that newborn period. One of the things that I like to teach our residents is that when they're very first going into talking to parents is the importance of talking to parents about tummy time. Spending time with that baby on the floor, on their tummies, so that those babies can kind of start to develop those stronger muscle groups in their arms and their legs, their shoulders, lifting their necks. And so even as an infant, you can start to incorporate physical activity with your child. A child laying face-to-face with their parent is a great opportunity for that bonding that Dr. Jensen mentioned earlier, and it it happens simply. Um, And so for me, it's early on. It doesn't have to be tons of time either. It really can be, you know, spending five or ten minutes with that baby on the floor. Um, And then as they get older, 
there are other activities that can be incorporated. Yeah, I have a, a 10-year-old stepson now. Time time really flies. But he started bowling with a ramp and just pushing it down the ramp, I think at one-year-old. Pretty much as soon as he could walk, we started doing things. I mean, physical activity can start even when you're pregnant by just walking. It can start by pushing your child in a stroller. And it, it just looks different at different stages of life. So I would say like there isn't a too young of an age to incorporate, but it might just look a little bit different as we age and get older. It might just look like pushing a bowling ball down the lane. And then one day maybe bowling once they can lift the ball or push it down the lane with their own body weight. But I mean, I think there's no no particular age that we need to start at, but just like Dr. Camp said, like gearing it towards kind of what stage of life you're at and and going with it. So what are some age-appropriate activities? Well, we mentioned already the tummy time that you can do with infants, but as your children grow, you know, when you are a toddler, it can be simply walking in the park, taking your child to a playground and spending some time with them while they climb the slide or while they swing on a swing set and you are interacting with them while you're doing that physical activity but you're also showing them the importance of being outside and doing physical activities that that can be really great for their health and so I think in that toddler age group those types of activities, lots of free play. Free play is so important. It helps kids with their imagination. It helps them just be able to run and be active. If you think about little kids, they're moving all the time. Even when we're in the clinics, we see kids wanting to climb up and down onto the tables, crawling underneath the tables. That's great activity. I never get upset when kids are doing that in my clinic because it's it's just fun to see that they have those activities. And so encouraging the things that kids would naturally do is, is important. As they grow, those activities may change. When you get to elementary age, what, what would you say, Dr. Jensen? I always ask what they love to do. Most children love staying and playing on the playground, playing tag, playing with their friends and peers. I mean, having a 10-year-old boy, like Nerf battles, if you haven't played a Nerf battle with eye protection, it's really time consuming and you're running around, you're sweating. It's it's a good physical activity and and things like trying new sports are, are big in our household. We've tried golf, we've tried tennis. And, and that just could be going to the park and throwing a ball or, you know, hitting a racket back and forth. And, you know, once you start new sports, you're not very good at them. So a lot of the times it just means going to go get a ball a couple of times and also throwing a, a ball or playing soccer with our dogs are big activities in our house. So you can see it. It's not, you know, this pre-planned like we need to exercise three times a day for 20 minutes it's you know like let's go outside at least once a day and throw the ball for our dog and we'll get tired or make sure to you know have a nerf war once a week in our house just to make sure it's fun or you know that we're moving and and sweating I would say. Dr. Jensen talking about her nerf wars kind of reminded me a little bit of when I was as a pediatrician, my time is pretty stretched thin. And so often I would get home after it was already dark, especially during this time of year. And so one of the things that we did with our kids is our living room was was fairly large. And, and I know when you're not supposed to throw the balls in the house. That's what we were always taught. 
But in my house, it was different because when I got home at night, that's when I wanted to be able to play with the kids and do those things. And so we would actually, we had a little place that we had cleared out in the living room and we had little Nerf balls and we would actually divide up my husband and one of the kids and me and one of the kids and we would have dodgeball right there in in the middle of our house with little Nerf balls. And so it can be something as simple as that. You can have some really fun activity and that's still one of the things, my kids are out of college now, but that's still one of the things that they'll talk about doing. We also, my husband and I both love to be hiking and spending time in the mountains. And so we we started our kids hiking very early. I think the first big mountain my kids climbed was when my daughter was four and my son was six. And I have a picture of them on top of Hermit Peak in, in New Mexico with them standing with their arms up. We did it. And that sense of accomplishment that kids have when they, when they do something that's a little bit hard is really tremendous for their self-esteem and can build their confidence and help them. And so, so those, are, those are, it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be simple activities like those things. As kids get older, they're going to do more activities that are maybe a little more competitive and, and doing things, especially as they go into high school ages. Being involved in competitive sports can be a really valuable thing, but that's not for every kid. Just because you're not in a competitive sport doesn't mean you can't do physical activity. You can still walk. You can be involved in dance. You can be involved in tumbling. Any sort of activity that you can do is valuable. Yeah, we like to be super active on our vacations, too. And it makes me think about swimming. Like, uh, swimming is a huge activity for us in the summer. Like, he just swims all day. You can't get him out of the water. And an added bonus besides self-confidence is that they're pooped at the end of the day. So, you know, it makes it a little bit easier when they're with us all day to do physical activity. Just to, It also helps regulate our sleep, too, so it helps us sleep better. So physical activity, even during vacation times or our times off are important too. If a parent or child is injured or has a disability, what kinds of activities do you recommend? I think that completely depends on what that injury is or what that type of, of disability may be. But certainly I, I have a patient who is in a wheelchair and who is a tremendous archer. Um, and so he does archery and does it competitively. And that's, that's a fabulous way for him to be physically active. We also have patients who maybe have disabilities that if you're in a wheelchair, you can work on physical activity by just making sure that you are rolling yourselves up the ramp and rather than using the automatic things. Those are simple ways to, to kind of try to increase that activity. There are also challenger leagues, and I don't know if in if you've heard of those yet, Dr. Jensen, but but they're actually sports that are designed for kids with disabilities, and they participate with someone that's close to them, a parent or maybe a mentor or someone like that. And so they have they can play baseball and and they they do the bases, they do all of those things. And so there's lots of opportunities out there if you just look for them. Yeah, and to to add to that, I know 
Special Olympics were big where I grew up, and it gives kids opportunities to either mentor or participate in sports multiple times throughout the year in different sports. And I'll, I'll say a really big pro of bowling is that it's super accommodating. Like you can have a ramp and people can push it. My husband and I participated in a wheelchair tournament where we were the professionals and then we would have people from the wheelchair league or from, they were actually from across the nation competing. And it was just so much fun. And it was just amazing to see all the adaptations that they did and, and how they competed and still did so great. And then I know I've bowled with people in braces. And then I know when I was little, I broke my arm and had to be in a cast and I still made it work. So, I mean, there's lots of different adaptations that you can do if someone's injured but I will say, like, as being an athlete for a long period of time, it's it's also the corollary is really important to rest if you're injured and not overexert yourself in, like, competitive aspects. But if it's just physical activity and playing around, it shouldn't stop you from being active in some way. And so if a child is in organized sports, kid parents or guardians put off doing physical activities with their children? So when your child is in competitive sports, I think, or organized sports, I think it probably depends on the age. When a kid is younger and they're doing organized sports, sometimes really maybe they're only doing practice once a week or having a game once a week. Those parents really should still be involved with their kids doing activities. It's important for those kids to see their parents actively participating, and it's important for kids to exercise every day. We want them to incorporate the, incorporate that on a daily basis, and so still lots of opportunities for, for parents to participate. As kids get older and perhaps they're doing multiple practices a week where they are practicing daily an hour or two and you have to incorporate school and other things, then it may become a little bit more difficult, but there's still opportunity for parents to converse with their kids about that physical activity that they did every day. That interaction with parents is so valuable as as you grow. Um, I think my kids played sports and so I I didn't probably exercise with them as frequently when they were in high school, but we were certainly having conversations about what they were doing in practice or what they did in the games. And obviously, as a parent, I I wanted to be at those games as much as I could because that was just another way to support them and to show them this is important. I'm glad you're participating. Kids who participate in activities, we know that they actually do better academically because they're being physically active. And they're also more well-rounded, too. I know people who are in competitive sports generally do better, not only academically, but they do well in team sports as well, and which helps set them up for future success as well. But I will say, as, as we're kind of in that age right now where we're doing tennis and golf, these are both activities we do as well. So it's really fun to actually do these activities with them. Even if it's only five or 10 minutes before they start, we might warm up together or, you know, do do it once a week as a family. Like growing up, I actually started bowling with my dad in an adult youth league. And that's how we got started. We did it once a week, every week for like 10 weeks for the summer. And then I picked it up for the rest of the summer and 
every time I practiced, we practiced because, you know, as a kid, you don't have a ride. They're your, they're your chaperone, they're your chauffeur. And so that was my bonding with my dad was I got to practice, I got to get better. And then I also got to spend quality time with him and I'll still do it to this day. And it's really precious time that I get to spend with my parents and, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I really recommend, you know, still being a part of your child's activities in some form or some way that that means something to you. Should parents keep in mind or should they be concerned with overuse when it comes to children and physical activity? As pediatricians, that's one of the things that we try to talk to families about is there's not a big need to specialize in a particular sport until kids really get a little bit older. And you're really talking about once they're in high school. We see kids frequently who have been doing one particular sport, and that's all they do is that one sport. And when that happens, we do see more overuse injuries. Really, we talk about probably not specializing in anything until after puberty because you're still growing and you're doing things. And so that's why it doesn't have to be a single activity. It can be multiple different activities when kids are younger that you're participating in because that keeps a kid from overutilizing the same muscle movements, doing the same things that might lead to an overuse injury. So that would be our encouragement. Yeah, and and I agree, definitely specializing as you get older, but just keep in mind too, if you are doing specialized, you're normally with a club or with the school and just make sure that they're doing something that's well-rounded and that they're cross-training as well, just to make sure your body is evenly trained so you don't get any injuries. And the other thing I like to point out is that overuse can also be something that's in the mind. A lot of kids who specialize early will burn out. They'll, you know, do gymnastics their entire youth and, you know, they'll compete a bunch and they'll compete multiple times in a month for 10 years. And by the time, you know, they're a young adult, maybe even just 21, you know, they're, they're done with the sport. They're done with the activity. And, I think it's just important that we always keep in mind we're doing this because it's fun. You know, sure, we're doing this because we want to be good or we want to win. But but really, we just need to keep in focus. Like we're, we're also supposed to have fun doing these things. And I feel like that'll help with the overuse or burnout when it comes to mentality. I can't tell you how many people I know um, that have done sports, let's say tennis, and they were really good as a kid and they did it all the time as a kid and and now they want nothing to do with it. So just keep that in mind when, you know, you're signing up your kids and, you know, your kids like, but I don't want to practice three days a week. You know, keep in keep in mind that they have mental needs too. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? I think that just the benefit of physical activity Obviously, we all think of the health benefits. Those easily come to mind about, you know, that it can really help improve your cardiovascular fitness or make make you a lower risk for heart disease, make you much better physically. But I think it's so critical for us to remember the emotional benefits as well and and just some of those social benefits of being able to participate in, in activities. We know that kids who are physically active actually have lower symptoms of depression as well. 
And so in a time when we see such a large mental health crisis in our country, especially among kids, I think being physically active can really make a big difference in their lives. And so just encouraging all of us, really, because really we're not talking just about our kids. We're talking about each of us, too. Getting out and being physically active is, is just incredibly valuable. And just kind of to touch back on what Dr. Camp said, we're, we're such a good, you know, as adults, we are the example for our children and trying new things, trying sports with our children or visit different physical activities, you know, trying something new, whether that's, you know, walking around the neighborhood or going to the park or trying to ride a bicycle. You know, if you've never ridden a bicycle and you're trying to teach your, your kid how to ride a bicycle, try it with them. It's a really fun experience to do things together and, you know, to try and to have them see you fail and succeed and celebrate in those moments as well. You know, just being, again, just coming back to that, it's a shared moment and, you know, shared moment and have fun in physical activity doesn't need to look a certain way or feel a certain way just as long as you're having fun and, you know, you're moving your body. And safe. Yes, definitely riding those bicycles. Make sure you're wearing a helmet or whatever physical activity you're doing it. Be sure that you know what the appropriate safety equipment would be and that you take advantage of that. That's also an important lesson that you can teach your kids while you're, while you're doing that. When they see you wear a helmet, then they're going to be more inclined to wear a helmet. And so that, that can also be a lesson, a life lesson, maybe a life-saving lesson. Thank you for all the information, and thanks for coming on our podcast. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>